to the podcast, the Big E J. <laughs> Talk to me about something. I have something stuck. <clears throat> We're okay. Why do you do this every time we record? <clears throat> I don't know because I drink Diet Coke. Where's my Coke? I didn't have... Colin bought me this morning. Colin! So, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I had this morning for the first time and I'd say 15 years? A croissant. A fig roll. <gasps> I love a fig roll, but you don't like figs. I don't but Colin and Craig were like do you want a fig roll? And I was like no and then I was like do you know what? I closed my door and I went no I do. So I went back in and I was like this is a real ma biscuit. It is very much a mother like, like I couldn't get Lily to eat a fig roll. Yeah, it was nice. Though. I enjoyed it. In this. I, I liked it. I like a fig roll. I had roll. it with tea, so it was fine. Yeah, no, you couldn't eat it by itself. But I think if it was by itself, oh, it would have been like, with a glass of milk. Oh, really? Mm, yeah. Apparently, there's a, this whole thing where people think anybody Americans especially think that anybody who drinks glasses of milk is like disgusting. But you know why that is? What? Because milk in America is disgusting. Milk. That's, That's not why. milk. Yeah, America. That's what not milk. You do. You know they're like half and half. I'm like, just give me a fucking glass yeah. of milk. I don't, oh, know, how, I don't like, know what that means. Uh, do you want half cream? Do you want creamer? What the fuck? <laughs> I just want milk. <laughs> what are you talking about? What is half and half? I don't know. Every time we go anywhere in the States and they're like, do you want half and half? Just, if you can just get me some Avonmore or something and yeah. put it on the How table. much is it for the Cravendale, <laughs> all right? 27 bucks? Cool. Put it in the put basket. In the back. But yeah, because even sometimes when they have milk on the thing, I'm like, what's this? What they never have, know, when you go to Starbucks is. in America and they give you like those little milky things, yeah, and it's yeah, not yeah. cream and it sits on the top of your tea. <laughs> 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 Should be ashamed of yourself. At least in Belfast, they have milk. In Belfast, they have uh, great milk, they have great milk in Belfast. Yeah, to do. Did you yeah. guys go to that little cafe for the dog with the dog? Yes, we did. did I got, bring, um, uh, we brought Lucille. Lucille had the best time ever in Belfast. Ah, um, but we went, I go to that uh, little cafe every day now. They're so nice, Sarah Yeah. They really, really are They're lovely. They're lovely. And I like... And the other one is open now. So for oh, anybody, uh, people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? I live in Belfast now. <laughs> Only part-time. I live in Belfast part-time. Yeah. Um, so I spend a lot of my time in Belfast. What's the other one? The, other uh, the one that was on the corner at oh, the dock. Oh, I liked that one. Called The Dock yeah, is yeah, now yeah. back open. And apparently all the money you give there goes charity. Fuck off. Yeah. It's like a chart because there's one in there's not that one, but there is a cafe called the Green Kitchen in Walkinstown here. Oh, and that's owned by Walk, and Walk are an assisted living, uh, like charity group. They're not a facility; oh. they just have they do have facilities, but they're like a, a collections group. But they're like a collection, so all the people that work work in, uh, the Green Kitchen or the Green Cafe, I think it's called the Green Kitchen in Walkinstown, which do really good food. All of that money goes to walk. That's very cool. And their wages, obviously. And then that's why quite often you'll notice people that have might have intellectual disabilities work in there. It's that's because awesome. they're part of the like collective and they might come from wherever their home is very cool. that's assisted and then come there. Everybody, they, go to the green kitchen. Yeah, no, absolutely go to the green kitchen and give them Where money. Where is it? Walkinstown. Walkinstown. I have to go um, and edit your I've brought it. you there. Where are we there? We've been there. I've brought you there, definitely. I go there quite often with Lily and the key, and Graham. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! It's so cute. Yeah. I love that place. That's when you walk in and the along this wall is like bench, like a bench thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, well, it's, yeah, all, yeah. It's kind of changed now. And then the other thing that you can do if you want to give them more money is they have 
a garden, uh, like a little garden shop connected to it now. Cute. And I also have, I would have used them quite often because I wanted to give them more money for work. I would, they have meeting and office space, Sweet. like meeting spaces. So you can rent a, you can room, book a room or whatever. And they give you like, in that they have like tea and coffee and all those kind of things. God, um, that's so nice. Yeah. And we did, for another thing to work, we went and did up uh, one of the homes in Tala for um a couple of like lads that all live together and had that's so nice um, so we went and did their gardens and stuff up for them remember when you could go places do you remember that well that the green <sighs> kitchen is still open is open now it right. wasn't open but it's yeah, back yeah, open yeah. and me and graham and lily have been there since it's yeah. opened um and it's really well done it's socially Aww. distanced really well done but it's nice because they're a charity they still need money that's true. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like you're getting something for that money. You are. You're um, helping people. You're helping people, but also you're like the food. And the food is delicious. delicious. They do an eggs Benedict, and I am yes. fucking fussy about eggs Benedict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that is a dodgy one. Don't get eggs Benedict on brunch, lads. Um, no, <laughs> honestly, you can't eggs Benedict. You can't make that sauce. No, no, no. I know. You have yeah, to make yeah, it fresh, fresh every time. Yeah, you can't yeah, yeah. leave it. To, and then it also is like a harbinger for bacteria. But you're also so weird about poached eggs, so. I am really, and they have to be fucking. They have to be like alive. Yeah, like basically. If you give me a poached egg, that's a boiled egg, love. You just took the fucking shell off. The fuck is this nonsense? Poached eggs needs to be running. Yeah, no, I like a runny poached egg. Yeah, this is intriguing stuff. Listen, that's how I let my poached eggs in the morning. (laughs) How do you like your eggs in the morning? Two other men, listener. One man, two men that I know. Scream! Scream! Hold on. One, two, three, four. That listen to this? Four men that listen to this. Yeah, because there's two that are really nice on Instagram and then there's Colin and then Graham. <laughs> Does Colin listen? Yeah. Gar, five. He listens. What's oh. it? Ivan. Six. Six. Fuck yeah. Six men. <laughs> Fucking stop listening. <laughs> this isn't for you. No. Anyway, welcome to this week's episode of Murder Most Irish. Hello, friends. Uh, this is the 12th episode. Jesus. Should be the 13th, but we took a week off. Who's we? Uh, I <laughs> can we just say there is no we in this equation. I, I was sat here off. crying into my hands. She's talking. Well. She was in Belfast with me um, at that time. I was in Belfast with that time. Then I came home. Um, Sarah got a haircut. It's very pretty. I got my haircut, and I said it was pretty in the lift, and she ignored me, and then she I gave out to me because she said I didn't say it's pretty in the no, lift. I didn't hear. Her. No, she ignored me, so then I didn't say anything because I thought maybe she was annoyed at the haircut. So I just then when we walked in, I was like, God, vibes in hair weird, aren't they? In our house? How come she didn't say I like your hair? I literally when your hair's pretty in the lift and, and you I was didn't, like this. You, you did you did this. I was like, I wasn't scared you might not should I not have said anything about the hair situation? Um Craig says I look like He Man. You don't without look like He Man. You don't fringe. look like He Man at all. The hair is a that's a beautiful bob. Sometimes I put Graham's penis in my mouth. I know you do. And, and you I need to take stop this doing shit. that. You need to stop doing I take no, this it's shit. A perfect um is it a smashable bob is that what It's a Karen haircut. It's not a Karen haircut. Hi, my name's Karen and I want to speak to the manager. No, it's not Karen Haircut. These poached eggs are too hard. <laughs> That's not a Karen. Karen Haircut, you have to have like the, the short bit at the back that goes up like that. That Kate and Plus A lady had a Karen Haircut. Do you I remember that no show? I who that is. She had all those kids. It's like on that like American show, Trashy. Oh, that actually rings a bell. And then he had an affair, the dad. <gasps> and then she leave him? Yeah. And was there, I bet there was a big, big divorce, was there? Uh, yeah, and as far as I know, she got all the money. Good for you, Kate. Yeah. But she also has eight kids, so like you need the money. You need the money. Imagine having eight kids. Eight kids. Yeah. What do you do? But I think she had to. I don't know. I'm just like actually just making sure. You just making sure about paying right? I think she had to have like. And she's like Octo Mom. Um, oh, that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, she. Octo- I'm thinking of Octo Mom. That's a whole other thing, right? Yeah. I don't know much about that situation. No, I just, I just know she has a lot of kids. It's like, her but did she the Octo Mom? She gave birth to eight kids. 
all at once. Oh, but this person just has eight. She has eight kids. But know, I think a lot of them are twins. Oh God. Anyway, go on. Do I, I know what you're going to say? Do you remember that uh, movie? Um, I used to maybe one used to be obsessed with when we were kids. It was this woman, and I think she had six babies. It was a French. It was a Canadian movie. It was a French Canadian family. It was a true story, and it's about this man and this woman. They had six kids, and their kids were stolen. No, no, their kids became like, like because really they famous, really famous. Yeah, I did and like this. their dad was making them do everything. It was almost like the Jackson. They had yeah, but um, their dad also kept them in like a room on the side of their house that was literally like a cage for people to come and yeah, see yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember when we were watching this, we were obsessed with this film when we were kids. We watched that shit on repeat. Why? I don't know. And now that I think about it, I'm like... That's a really odd movie. And I remember the obsessive. end of it being really sad because... The kids uh, were all messed up. Yeah, they were all fucked up. But like, there's it's a true story. Walton, the fella from the Waltons is in it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can't remember what it's called, but there, but there was um, I googled them a while ago, and like they're all like it's mad now because they're obviously they're all grown up, they're all old now, older now. But yeah, that movie, man, we were Vonnie. You remember that movie? We were fucking obsessed with that film. Famous Canadian. I can't remember the family. They were like sex tuplets with six children. You Google like how I Google. Google. You know, I Google like where do I go? To get, <laughs> like my Google searches are ludicrous. The Dion Quintuplets. They're quints. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, Canadian attitudes on the family. So essentially, they're French-speaking family with five older children, and then she gave birth to five more. What? Five more, and, and basically... they were born in uh, nineteen thirty-four. Yeah. Oh god, they're old as fuck now. Loads of them are dead. A couple of them are dead. Yeah. Um. And they were born two months premature. premature. Yeah, because I remember the, the scene where she gives birth and they come out like little aliens. They were like... <laughs> but yeah. And their custody was signed over to the Red They're, Cross. Yes, 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 yes. Who yes, paid yes. for their care Fair. and oversaw the building of a hospital for the sisters. And it was like, they didn't never have to pay. They didn't have to pay for nappies. They didn't have to pay for formula because everybody just got together and paid for everything because they were so famous. Aww. But it was horrible. They were like performing monkeys. Yeah, well, they're dead, right? I mean, if you have kids, you should really get something out of them. Get money out of your kids. Lily! <laughs> get a job! Get a job. No! <laughs> um, but yeah, watch that movie. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, The fact... I was... My mom... Me and my mom were like into... Mom was into really sad movies. Oh, no. Um, But they always had like an end a bit at the end. But they always made me cry, so I don't know what, like... Oh, no. Um, So she was into... Remember The Secret print, the secret Garden? Mm-hmm. She was really into that one, and then there was the other one, the the secret, the the something, the I can't remember the princess, the princess in the attic, or it's not flowers in the attic. And anyway, anyway, it's a story about a little girl whose dad apparently dies. She goes to live in. This sounds really familiar. He dies in the military, and then she becomes like the servant girl. Yeah, and then he comes back and he's blind, and he lives yes! in the house across. What the fuck is that called? No, no, that remember. movie was fucked up. Yeah, my mommy, my mom used to watch those movies, and I'd be like, eh. Uh, we... I want to watch The Muppets. <laughs> like, I watch Fraggle Rock, please. Yeah. Um, but then we had to turn Fraggle Rock off because Sarah's overactive imagination. There was this other movie that I, the first time I ever understood what rape was. Oh. Because it was, it was like a kid's movie. But I can't remember what it's called. But there's this one scene. This ep- podcast <laughs> should just be called I Can't Remember What It's we Called. We can't remember what it's called. But I bet Yvonne remembers the names of all these. But like, uh, there was this one scene where there's a girl, the little blonde girl, and she's on a horse with a boy. And the boy, they're riding around on the horse and then she fa- she falls off the horse or he pushes her off the horse and then he like gets on top of her and then the scene cuts. <gasps> and I remember watching it and being like, I understand this. And then I remember seeing it as like when I got a little bit older and I was like, oh my God, he raped her. 
Oh. But it was like the first time. What is this movie? I can't remember what it's called. I'll try and get you on to remember it. Like, oh, God, this honestly. The Secret Rape. Secret Rape of a Woman. By a man. 1992 French director. I can't remember what it's called. Um, I'll get even on to remember because I remember like, fuck man, I shouldn't be watching this. But that was a lot of my childhood of me going, I shouldn't be watching this. I never realised that I shouldn't be watching it. I remember watching Little Weapon as a kid. I watched Little Weapon as a kid. The first opening scene of yeah. Little Weapon is your one is over face. Yes. On drugs. Yeah. Uh, tits out, tits by out. the way. Boobies out. And then... Uh, jumps yeah. off the. But there's like the is it the, the second little weapon where he has sex with your one in the in the camper van? Yeah, I remember being like, I should not be watching um, this movie. No, is that not the first one? I can't remember. Because he falls in over and then she dies, and she then dies. the second one is all about like she drowns. She drowns, and there's that horrible scene where she's like, yeah, um, yeah. No, I remember watching Little Weapon as a kid, being like, uh, I don't know what this because is. Because now you could not imagine letting Lily watch. I would not anything like that. No, no, and I wasn't five when I saw Little Weapon, but like. Even a ten-year-old. I wasn't far off. I wouldn't be like my ten-year-old's not watching that. I'm not watching RoboCop as like a seven-year-old. <laughs> Jesus Christ! In which you watch RoboCop all the time, and the scene where the guy gets like essentially uh, the acid poured yeah, on him. Yeah, melted. Yeah, I remember him melting. I remember when he shot in the dick. Richard being like, he shot in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we went when I lived back home. When I was really young. They used to do this thing every Halloween in the local village hall thing where they show a scary movie. Yeah. The, all the kids would go and I remember the only time I ever went and I never went again they show this movie oh fuck Critter, Critters no there's something is it The Basement what I think it was called The Basement and I remember I literally was like I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna sh-. I remember thinking to myself I'm gonna shit my pants <laughs> right like I literally was like if I don't leave I'm gonna, there's gonna be smell of shit everywhere in this place I have to get up and leave I was what terrible. happened to it couldn't tell you feel like I had a PTSD moment where I just blacked it out and I was like I have to go now I didn't even know who I was with but I was like I have to leave and the pole was like right beside my house so I just walked home my mum was like why are you doing home I was like I just got to go home tired shitting I myself I remember going on the hop with Gar and I was going to a house and they played the Texas Chainsaw Massacre okay that's terrifying and the, you know that scene in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre where he comes out of the house yeah with the, yeah yeah with the chain he's like that scene like still I left and went home and admitted to being on the hop <laughs> because I was so terrified. so terrified and it was winter as well so I was like it's dark when I'm leaving I was like fuck this I'm no, leaving now and Gary was like where are you going I was like nothing I'm just gone and he was like put your mouth I was like I don't care I'll just deal with it and I went home and I was like yeah hey I didn't go to school today because <laughs> <laughs> can I leave it here please <laughs> yeah no like I mean, I'm even a coward now like I'm still really afraid of horror movies like I, I went through this phase of being like completely not afraid of horror movies and it being like one of my favourite genres you were okay with it but yeah. then horror became so horror back in the day was actual horror yeah 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 and then Saw came out and, and Hostel became, came out it became torture porn and now it's torture yeah, porn yeah 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 um, and I can't watch any of those torture porn movies but that's why I really like um, I don't know the name of the director but the guy that did Hereditary in Midsommar I think he's great I think his stuff is really good I really liked Hereditary and I actually I didn't watch Hereditary fully I watched it in bits and pieces oh, okay. through the corner of my eye while Graham was watching it it's terrifying and then uh, I watched Midsommar with Graham and I really enjoyed it mm. and I would watch more of his movies but they're they're not even really horror movies but I don't know what they are they're like psychological fuck you up in the head yeah that shit Midsummer is is quite yeah, it's a lot but yeah no I used to be like really into horror movies oh, and I then guess. they just turned into I remember going to see Saw 2 with Graham in the, I went to see Saw 1 in the cinema right and within the first 10 minutes of the cinema I turned to Yvonne who I was with and was like the guy on the floor is a killer <laughs> I've never seen Saw 
Well, if you haven't seen it, I just ruined it. I haven't seen it. Um, and she was like, what? And I was like, the guy in the floor is a killer. It's really odd. They keep focusing on the yeah, dead yeah, body. Yeah, putting the I was like, I don't like, it. it would make, it would just be like, it just makes no sense. And she was like, yeah, whatever. And then at the end, she, like, she was like, uh, you read a review. Is Saul the one with the little guy on the bike? Yeah. Mm. That doesn't really, he's not really in the first one. What's the point of him? He comes in and tells you what the, like, what you have Jesus to do to get Christ. out of them. Here, I was watching The Sinner. How are you not fucking terrified about that with that mask? What Your mask? You know the first the first season with uh, Jessica Biel, where the dad is drugging her, but he's wearing that fucking oh yeah, Sarah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I sat the iPad down. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, came out of nowhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember thinking Sarah must have been fucking scared. What do you think of it? I enjoyed it. I'm on the third season. I I'm, I haven't started third season. Yeah, I watched started. it through. It's not great. The third one? No. Well, the second season kind of lost it a bit. Yeah, the second funny. season was really good and then near the like last couple of episodes where you realise that the thing that he's dreaming, dreaming about isn't yeah, a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, now he's done. Now, lads. I don't do, the shirt. I do like Bill Pullman though. He's, I like uh, Bill Pullman really a lot. Like, he's really, really um, good I'd, uh, I'd probably um, do sexual things with Bill Pullman. But really? only in that. Uh, uh, listen, lads, Bill Pullman. <laughs> Dreadful movies. <laughs> but he's good in the centre. Hi, Jerry. Independence Day. Independence Day. What a film. That speech. Someone I know used to be able to give that speech. Oh, word for word. And you know something about Bill Pullman? What? What's going to make both of us like him? He's still married to his wife. Still married to his wife since 1987. Yeah. That's always the thing that we like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actors are like, oh, how long has he been married to his wife? How long has he been married to his wife? <laughs> He's not a scumbag. He might be. I don't know. No. Um, they um, usually are. Bill Pullman's a gentleman. Oh, I have to take my pill. Hold on. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's okay. Keep talking. Tell us tell story. Um, when I tell you the story about Lily going to Helen's Bay in Northern Ireland. <laughs> so, um, I went to, I've been in Northern Ireland, as I've said, and my five-year-old daughter came up to visit me. Um, and we went to the beach. To the beach, beach. And on the beach, a fire started. But no one could figure out how the fire started. So it just kind of got very smoky all of a sudden. And everyone looked down the beach and it was a fire. And uh, my five-year-old began to scream in her thick Dublin accent. <laughs> it's a bomb! It's a bomb! I was like... <laughs> Were people looking at her? Were people looking at her? She was running up and down the beach screaming it's a bomb. Not like just me sitting... She was, and like, I was like... I was about 30 foot away from her. <laughs> um, so I just pretended I didn't know her. I was like, I don't know who owns that child. And whoever it is, take her away. Like, even Ava, her niece, was like, I'm not fucking responding to this. <laughs> No better than to shout that one. <laughs> oh my god! Um, Listen, you survived. Yeah. Anyway, that's all that matters. Have we got anything else to talk about? I was trying to think if I have any housekeeping, but I don't think I do. Oh, thank you so much to. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get your name wrong, so I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna housekeeping. Oh, I'm gonna give get the wrong names because I do this a lot. On there. Uh. Ah. Okay. So. C Mary B on Instagram. Yeah. Who is a lovely lady that has made us face masks. Aww. Uh, reusable face masks. She's so kind. Um, she's sending us the ones that we wanted. I think it's the ones with the rainbow on them, remember? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just wanted to say thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Like that was That's really sweet. Out of the blue and so kind. So thank you very much. And also thank you to everybody this week who I think there's like a bunch of Irish true crime Irish podcasts who are trying to kind of get recognition for tr- Irish true crime. So they've been adding us to lists and kind of putting our name out there which is really kind of I've well. been getting so tons of stuff on Twitter so yeah 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 sorry to all the people that have done that I don't know how to work Twitter yeah me and Sarah are very old you need to understand this um, I think you're all very young we are not yeah <laughs> I've never realised more how old I am yeah. until now I've started work and 
all of my team are much younger. Oh God. Much younger. They're in, living their lives and having fun. Um, this pandemic's not affecting them. They're like, it is affecting them. I have to say, I feel bad for all of them. Like, even like to be fair to them, they were like, let's all go to this place on Sunday. Yeah. And then me and the other manager and work had to say to them, you can't go as a collective. Oh yeah, I suppose you kind of have to. So has Belfast gone back to being like, you can't. No, well, Belfast has gone back into a uh, some form of lockdown, but it's not like to like it's not like lockdown. Okay. It's not even the way we've gone here. Okay. But they have had a high. So like last week, I think they had a number of like seventy nine people. Spike, then there yeah. was like a couple of like crashes that closed. Then oh. um, a lot of old folks' homes went back to being not letting any, any visitors. Mm. But like every second person in Belfast from Dublin. Really. Yep. Jesus. Because I live right in the city, so I spend all my time in work or doing my shopping in the city. Yeah, they're just there because they're not out to Sorry, Belfast. Um, like, every I've gone into... Sorry. I, like, I know I'm saying sorry about, like, Belfast. You're working that, there. But, like, I'm literally working there. You're working um, there. Like, this and is I'm your... not eating out or doing any of that. No, your company, that, your company like, has put you there. Yeah, this um, is a, you and in work, go. we're, like, fully social distance and work. You wear your masks. Yeah. You wear your mask every time you go to a shop. You're yeah. not taking the piss or um, But yeah, no, it's kind of like baffling to me. Like every second person. Because I think people are like, we were in a cafe. Remember we went, we went to get a cup of tea and uh, I remember the girl saying to the one of the other girls behind the couch, she's like, she's like, it's so busy. And they were like, really? And she was like, yeah, it's all, the dubs are all up on staycations. I was like, oh no. Um, so yeah, <laughs> their, sorry, numbers, their numbers have increased. Um, uh, to all those cunts, by the way, who went out yesterday to protest um, natural selection where they hopefully they all die because they decided not to wear fucking masks. Mm. Uh, go fuck yourselves. The cores are shit. You've ah. always been shit. That fucking idiot is a raven lunatic who believes that aliens are going to come get him so he can suck a dick too. And I'm shocked at how many of them there was. I was actually disgusted. And now I think we, we do. run away. <laughs> but I do think we have a tendency to think that our country is not as backwards as like certain countries I'm absolutely you know agree I mean? with you and I was absolutely but I like I'm genuinely thought yesterday. that there would be like 60 people there no there was like up to hundreds oh, there was hundreds there was up to a yeah. thousand people outside marching and they were like the Black Lives Matter march the Black Lives Matter march everybody was masked everybody had was masked at the Black somebody because uh, a friend march. of mine put up a thing on Facebook and was like if you're going to this just unfriend me now because I don't want to be mates to you and then someone put below being like oh it's one role for the BLM movement and one and I was like well yeah. I had it in the bag yeah. I said wait I'll show you the footage of Jack Charlton's fucking yeah. that cunt died of old age <laughs> lived a good life Jackie we're sorry <laughs> lived a good life and uh, there was like hundreds of people standing on a walking sound roundabout singing uh, I don't know um, not a single mask between no. them I was like the Black Life Movement's uh, march everyone had a literally mask literally everybody had and a mask and it was before the time marches yep. were actually exactly. being enforced yep. and most people did the two metre distance isn't it amazing that people love to come out and, and just show themselves as racist Racists. before anybody even asks them yeah. anyway wear a mask be nice to each other except uh, Jim Cora who can literally fall down a manhole for all I care, all I care. Be- <laughs> Falling in love. It's so shit. <laughs> doesn't she do that really like? Doesn't she want to uh, run a modelling agency? I don't. You know, I have no beef with the girls. Fair play to them. They're no, I have beef thing. with the girls because they need Why? to come out and fucking publicly talk about how shit their brother. Why, is. Our brother's a fucking idiot. Because yeah. if my sister was doing that, I'd be like, here. 
I cut my get other, a I cut my other royalties. Get a fucking what I do. Listen, you're not getting any money. We're going to do what they did to Britney Spears. You know the worst thing is I think Jim wrote the music so he's getting all them royalties. Did he? Yeah, to go online and, and whack off to alien porn or whatever the fuck he's doing. Um, I started watching The Fall. Allegedly. Oh, did you start? Yes. What do you think of it? I fucking love Gillian Anderson. Oh, she's something else, isn't she? She is something else. Like that woman. Oh, a babe. It's very good, but I have... Now, I have a couple of problems with The Fall. Go. First and foremost. Go. If she was a real detective, inspector, whatever she's supposed to be. Yeah. This whole theory that she has around like copycat killers. Yeah. No, if you're in Northern Ireland, there's a million people. There isn't enough people in Northern Ireland for, for her to be like yeah, yeah, multiple yeah. serial killers. Okay. That's my first thing. Okay. That's really it. That is? That's the rest really is, Yeah. The rest is all very good and uh, very, 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 very well acted. It is. There doesn't appear to be a bad actor. No, they're all really, really I good. I keep telling Graham that he looks like the He old, absolutely does look like him. The old man detective? Yeah. He's gonna be so annoyed. Before he even said it, I was like, he does. Yeah, he's so annoyed. Yeah. We were watching that and I was like, he made the image of him. And he was like, he's not attractive. And I was like, he is attractive. I was he's a very like, handsome older man. He is a handsome older man. He just has a bad haircut. He just has a bad haircut. And I was like, I need a big no- bigger nose than you. I feel like he's very tense throughout the entire thing. He's he is like, very tense because he's tense desperate to write her. Oh, he was like, mad. he's mad into her. Yeah. Bet into her. And she's like, no. Yeah, I love her. She's great. I love Go her. on the Gillian Anderson. Whoop the Whoop Gillian. Whoop the Gillian. <laughs> um, it's very good. Um, the Northern Ireland accents are leave a lot to be desired. Because <laughs> Graham was like, they don't sound like anybody up here because we watched it while we're up there. Yeah. And I said, yeah, but I think if they did, they'd have the subtitle. He's he's from Belfast. Jamie Dornan, right? Yeah. Dornan? Dornan? Dornan. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he's, he's, he's the most irritating thing in that show. Yeah, he's kind of... I don't know. Uh, he's, he's almost kind of nothing. He is like she's annoying. so good. She is so good. And his wife is great in it. Is I he? Really, is she? I, re- I, re- I really like She hasn't wife. gotten, she hasn't I, done anything I really, she's fucking great. She's really good in it. I like uh, their little girl. But do you know who annoys me throughout the entire show? Daddy! Daddy! I gotta wee myself! Daddy, there's dead people in my room, Daddy! Daddy! Um, the young one, the 15 year old who I want to punch in the mouth. Punch in the mouth. What's wrong with her? Yeah. What's wrong with her? What's wrong with her? Where's your ma? Go home. Put on a pair of fucking trousers. I can't look at this anymore. I can't look at your 15 year old hole walking around. I, I, anyway. But <laughs> that scene as well, I was like, what? Like, his Graham's turned around to me and said, if a 15 year old knocked on the door that you knew that was babysitting Lily and you were going to work uh, and said, I'm here to listen to music. Peter said I could come upstairs and listen to music in this room. Yeah. Okay, come ahead there now, look, yeah. here's money. What? And then get the fuck out when he comes down with the beer. Yeah. He comes down to get beer for she's her. She's like, she's only 15. Yeah. And Graham was like, what would you do? I said, you know what I'd do? Get the fuck out of this house. I'll be like, nine, 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 what's our number? 999. Nine, nine. Hello. Uh, yeah. Statutory rape. Statutory rape. Yeah. So, Peter file. Like, there's, there's some of it that I'm like, oh, this is written by a man. Yeah. Graham wants to know why it's called The Fall. Oh, it's uh, like, uh, um, you know, the way he's always talking about being in the, the shadows. Greek, Greek philosophy. Oh, okay. Greek poetry. If there's like a special, there's like a famous play called The Fall or that it's in Greek. Oh, okay. So Graham was like, it's because they want to call it The Fall. He's, he's fake deep. Fake deep. He's really fake deep. Mm. And the 15 year old's like, he reads all these books and he knows all the poetry. Yeah. And bitch. Yeah. He's slashing up with. Anyway, we're ruining the fall for everybody that hasn't watched the fall. Listen, if you want to watch something good, watch the fall. Watch we're 31 fall. minutes in oh, and we've talked about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've talked about everything. 31 minutes. No, we talked about a lot of stuff and the fall is good. Uh, it is good. I've been watching so much Netflix. Me too. I have literally, it is all I have been doing because yeah. I'm afraid to go anywhere. I watched Dr. <laughs> Foster. Watch it. Is it on Netflix? Uh, yeah, I watched it on Netflix. What is it? But I think it's on Netflix in the UK. 
Um, it's a show that was on the BBC and it's this lady and her husband's having an affair. Oh, is it the one from Coronation Street? It's so fucking good. Jo- Jodie Comer's in yeah. it. Yes, 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 yes. It's good, is it? And um, I remember seeing that one scene where it all comes out. Oh, I, was like, I have to watch this show. I watched it and I was like, yes! <laughs> and I was in the apartment by myself and I was like, sure. get him! I literally was out loud. I, this will tell you how good it is. I watched, I was watching that episode and I had made my dinner right. and then was set down to watch the episode. And then during my dinner, there, I had like the sticky toffee pudding thing that oh, needed to go into the oven. Marks and sensors. Yeah. Oh, needed yeah. to go into the oven for 10 minutes. All right. It stayed in the oven for 55 minutes because I forgot like, it was in. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and then I, um, so yeah, no, it's so good. And like, literally when I was watching, I was like, fucking get it! Get it! Yes! <laughs> like, is, it only, is it like one season? Or uh, it's two seasons, but I've only watched the first season. Okay, I need to watch that. Um, And it's so good. Yay, I'm going to watch that then. Like, re- honestly, I can't recommend her. She's excellent. She's great. Right. Because I, I remember, I only ever watch, ever, somebody put up that scene on like Instagram or something with Jodie Comer and they're all at the kitchen table yeah or they're eating or something yeah. right and then she's like here's the and then someone gets slapped she, yeah Jodie Comer is very good in it but she's she is so like you just want her to fucking <laughs> eat a dick yeah 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 eat a bag of dicks eat a bag of dicks um, but yeah no it's really good okay I'll watch that so I've been watching tons of shows tons of yeah, like crap I've been watching like I've been absolutely hibernating just um, I watched um, Waiting as well do you remember that movie Waiting Waiting Waiting, waiting. with uh Ryan Ra- Ryan Reynolds is in it no it's like this really old movie it's not really old it's from like the early 2000s and it's like a comedy no I haven't heard of it anyway, it's on Amazon Prime it's actually it's one of those movies that I remember going to see in the cinema on like an off day and I was like don't know I'm gonna go see this and you enjoyed it it's fucking so funny like it's like that other movie that we love is it Just Friends Just Friends and also the Evil Woman movie they're so Evil good Evil Woman with Jack Jack Black and um, Zach Braff yeah um, and that Jason Biggs idiot yeah is like honestly such a comedy classic hilarious and it got like no hype and Just Friends is fucking hilarious too Just Friends is good actually Anna Faris is in waiting with Ryan Reynolds oh that's probably why it's so good watch those movies because they'll make you happy yeah they do make you happy this is a happy nice movie time happiness movie time actually Colin make a little jingle happiness movie time Sarah and Jane give recommendation (laughs) actually I just said Sarah and Jane that's how you you see this podcast yeah it's just me (laughs) (laughs) that's our happy movie time hour anyway should we start a podcast? Is yeah. anything else you need to talk about? No. Oh. Let's talk about. I know we haven't seen each other in two weeks. I know. And we're using this moment to like catch up. Yeah. Um, but we can also do it when we're not recording. That's true. Just FYI. I'm I back here now for 14 days. Yay! You're not um, the, So the entire 14 days. Entire 14 days. Are you delighted? I am very happy, but also ah. uh, can't live with anybody anymore. Um, and yeah. I'm going to kill Graham no, if you're he not. doesn't it's do the washing. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is fine. Graham leaves the towel out on the banisters again. I'm going to murder him, and it Listen. will be. Um, It'll be grand. In a couple of days, it'll go back to complete normality, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah." I came home and I was like, "Why is there? St- why? Why if I haven't been here for two weeks, is there still my washing in the wash basket?" Oh no. He was like, and then Lily ran him out. Lily was like, "He hasn't done anything while you weren't here." Oh god, <laughs> Lily. And then she went, "I seen him. He doesn't know." <laughs> He's having a ball. Yeah. Having the time of his life. Prick. <laughs> Not anymore. Not Fun anymore. time's over, Graham. Yeah. I'm back now. Or detective, old Dude man, old. Chips man. don't bounce. <laughs> Chips don't bounce, Graham. 
Um, yeah, I've nothing else to add. No, I think that's or everything. Talk about. I think really. that's everything for the week. So yeah, welcome to the newest episode. I can hear Jack crying. Jack's giving it fucking. Or them watching Wentworth. No, it's Jack. It's Jack. He's having a fit. Jack's having a fit. Yeah. Oh, there he is. He sounds like Lucille. Does it sound like Lucille? My puppy sounds like yeah, that. Yeah, apparently French bulldogs have a really weird, make really weird she noises. Has, like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. She, uh, she sounds like a baby crying. Oh, God. So this week I'm going to tell a very Northern Irish story. Lur, 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 lur. But I found it difficult to find a story that isn't wrapped up in the troubles. Oh, I saw the troubles. I also, like, and I said this to you already, but I feel like a lot of the shit that happened that had nothing to do with the troubles was just thrown in as like, oh, well, that's just because it's there's just the trouble. Troubles. It's just the troubles. Yeah. So my gosh, ah, it's just the troubles. Yeah. So um, the story I'm going to tell this week is the story of Anne Ogilvy. And I, I'd never heard of this story. I had literally only heard of this because it was in a book I read one time. That was literally the only reason you I heard it. You and books. Me, my nerd. So no, my nerd books. This is not a smart book. Wasn't this it? is one of those books they published and I know there was typos in it. <laughs> I have a couple of those books there, every book on Amazon is like that by the way because they just literally publish anything <laughs> anything um, and they do this thing where they're like we have the biggest library in the world I'm going to publish like, my uh, hand, handwritten erotica on Amazon oh, nobody, what happens in your handwritten nobody Listen, nobody does anything <laughs> time out squash the story tell me about your erotica nobody does anything there's no sex people just stare at each other intensely Intense. no not even intensely just an odd story. quick stare look down okay there you go I don't know if that get me off. Him. Millions. Do you think? Fifty Shades of what? Fifty Shades of Staring. Fifty Shades of Staring, my book. Fifty Shades <laughs> of Staring. Do you like big eyeballs? <laughs> Have I got a treat for you? Are you into looking at people from across the room? <laughs> That's all it is, staring. I'm not talking about Just don't it. touch me or talk to me, it's fine. Don't touch me. Yeah. That's actually the name of my... Chapter one. Bio, don't, my don't fucking touch me. Erotica. Don't touch me. Secretly. Secretly don't touch, do touch me. me. <laughs> touch me. Touch me. I touch feel me. like we could easily sell erotica. I could absolutely write erotica. Because I think a lot of it is garbage. Yeah, and mine would be filthy. Dort. 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 Be like, give us a bag of chips. <laughs> and then he rolled me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh Here. my god. You got any crispy bits? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because this is how people in Bali Perma have sex. Well, actually, our burdocks down at Christchurch. Jesus, give us some extra crispy bits, will you? Fucking love. I'd love a Leo burdocks right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want a buttered sausage? Except I'll not. give you a buttered sausage. <laughs> this is the actual dialogue from Sarah's erotica. Yeah, no whopping. <laughs> and then we had sex up against a Fiat 500. Oh, God. No, a Fiat Punta. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our serious story. I'm taking a serious sad. story. This is a sad Tears. story. Okay. Right, back in the room. One, two, three, you're back in the room. Do you remember that? What was that? That was a show that you used to want to tell you. Remember Your the man? amount of shows that there were for like... Paul something. Paul Daniels. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many of those hypnoti- hypnotizing yeah. shows. Three, two, one, you're back in the room. Like, not in a million no. years would I let anybody no. hypnotize me. Like, because no. it, it's not like some airy. F- it actually it is like a thing that works. Plus, because it fucks my big dopehead would be like, make it a show of me. <laughs> <laughs> make it a show Break of me. Up the place. <laughs> How fucking dare you? But what did you make me do? <laughs> but I was like, Darren Brown, he's so rich. Yeah, Darren Brown irritates me beyond belief. Really? I think he's just... There's something about him. I just think he's a smug fuck. I think I he's done that. some weird sex shit. Probably has. Throw it out there. Darren! <laughs> you know the truth. And we know your name is Darren. Yeah. Not Darren. Yeah. Changed it. Changed Put an e it. in there. He was... It was always Darren. Darren. 
We all know you, Daza. And you wrote that shit book. No, you didn't know what it Okay, back in the room. Go. Okay, back in the room. And Ogilvy. Here we go. go. Anyway, so this is like a story that's essentially because I've been in Northern Ireland and I was looking for a story that happened up there. Right. Um, so I'm going to get into it now. Oh. Anyway. Anne Ogilvy is born... This is funny. No one seems to know when she's born. Really? In either 1942 or 1943. Oh, God. Sorry, my uh, cat is screaming. If you can hear him, I apologize. So she's a young Protestant woman. She moved... Oh, Jesus. Oh, cats are killing each other. Yeah. No, that's a door. Yeah. Okay. Hades has had enough. Yeah, no, he has. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> it's a fucking mess. Start no, again. No. Start again. Go. Start again. Okay. Anne Ogilvy. Great woman. Okay. Born. Anne Ogilvy. Shh. I'm <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. Go on. Sorry. Okay. Back in the room. <laughs> Three, two, one. You're back in the room. Stop saying that! <laughs> Alright, I'm going to tell okay, Anne. Alright, go. so Anne. Anne's born between 1942 and 1943. No one's really sure when she's born. She's an anomaly. She just appeared. <laughs> there was a light on the road. Her mom woke up. She was like, what's that? And she was there. And her mom was like, I don't know where she came from. I don't know what year this is. She's hey, 1942 or 1942. Yeah. <laughs> what year is this? I have had so many children. And she has... Had a lot of children. Oh, God. Okay, so she's a young Protestant woman. She moved to Belfast from County Tyrone as a young woman. She's one of 13 children from a poor family. So no wonder her mom couldn't remember when she was born. Jesus I have an uncle who celebrates his birthday in April. Right. But then it turned out years later when he got his passport that his mom was just celebrating it in April. My ma has two birthdays and we don't know which one it is. The third or the 13th. And apparently she was born on the 13th, but my nanny thought it was bad luck. So made her birthday on the third. Okay, well, my uncle Willie, fucking Irish was people, born in April, right? No, has his birthday in April because it was like convenient for his mother. Sorry, but her his birthday is actually June. What? Yeah, madness. Um, Irish anyway, people. Irish people. Jeez. Well, this is what happens when you've got thirteen kids. Yeah, you don't know what's going on. She had just hanging out. You're like, oh Jesus! I know. Listen, I've only had one, and I'm pretty sure mine's prolapsed. Um. <laughs> She had dark brown, silky hair and blue eyes. She oh. was striking looking, is what everyone described her as. Listen, I... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Not what I said. Um, she, here's what she was. She was thin. She was skinny? Yeah. Okay. She And then people are like, she lived a transient lifestyle. She regularly changed her dress and employment. But actually what she was doing was just jumping rent because she couldn't afford to pay. Okay. So this woman is poor. Um... She so she's regularly changes her address and employment and the jobs she had were mostly low paid positions in offices and shops and she was often evicted for failing to pay her rent. Her striking good looks made her popular with men. Okay, so I'll go through where I got all my information from, but some of the information I had to tailor because literally they just talked shit about her because she decided to have sex. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, um, a fair play to her. If you if you're getting it, fuck get it. Get it in on. Um. In about 1968, she became a single mother, having been made pregnant by a married British soldier stationed in Northern Ireland, who had abandoned her and her and their child after he was transferred to another Jewy station. So essentially, she starts an affair with a married man. Gets pregnant. She says that she, well, this, not she. The story is that she didn't know he was pregnant. He was stationed in Northern Ireland, so he was stationed away from his wife, and uh, he then abandons her. Oh. So. She started socialising with a rough crowd and in August in 1972, she meets William Young, 
who's a married high-ranking member of the then legal UDA. So that's the Ulster Defence... Uh, Association? Association, Ulster... Or Defence Army? Uh, anyway. Anyone they're a, essentially a terrorist organisation. And um, With whom she fell deeply in love with and began living with him in South Belfast. Ah. Um, Young comes from a loyalist Donegal Pass area and was a local UDA commander. He told Ogilvy his marriage had already broken up and his divorce hadn't been finalised. And Ogilvy by that time had three children by two different men. So she had Charlene and then twins Stephen and Gary. And the boys had been put up for adoption after their birth. And the only child that she still had with her is Charlene, who's oh, her eldest child. Um... And Anne is pregnant with young son oh, Anne. when he's arrested. Okay? Did nobody use a condom in the fucking 70s? Well, these are allowed to use condoms because they're Protestants. Yeah, so use them. You it's know, tits. Uh, that's one of my favourite Monty Python skits. Which one? In the Meaning of Life when oh, you've yeah, got the Catholic yeah. family and the Every sperm <laughs> is sacred. <laughs> and then the Protestant family are like, get an abortion. <laughs> um... So anyway, Young is arrested and jailed in Maine's prison in 1973. She often visits him and he complains that his estranged wife, Elizabeth, has never sent him food parcels, despite her having been provided with money by the Loyalist Prisoners Association. So there's an LPA. They essentially, the LPA was unaware of the young couple's uh, estrangement. Okay. So the LPA still have him down on the books as being married to Elizabeth. Right. He has told Anne that he is in the middle of getting a divorce. Oh, okay. So the money is going to Elizabeth for these food parcels. Oh, okay. And he is telling Anne that he isn't getting, getting anything. Them, but that he should be because his, his estranged wife is getting them. All right. The delivery of food parcels by women to imprisoned members was a long established practice by the UDA and a particular source of pride for the organisation. What a thing to be proud of. So Ogilvy was required to make up and send the food parcels herself which she felt was an imposition as these had to come out of her own money although she was almost destitute and Anne mistakenly repeated Young's complaint in a Sandy Row pub oh shit so she's like talking shit about oh, Elizabeth Anne. yeah in like pubs that UDA members socialise in so the local Sandy Rose women's UDA unit overheard her words and became violently angry especially as Elizabeth was able to prove that she'd been sending her husband the food parcels oh so she had like this is actually I have been doing this and here is my postal yeah and Elizabeth is a member of the female UDA sector oh this is a mess now I didn't know this was a thing the female UDA and I didn't know there was like female Irish para um, paramilitaries in the IRA either yeah, like there's a whole. I did not know that like women there was like women's fractions of, like I knew there was women that helped them. Like I have like a a like, she would be like my second auntie. Yeah, like who's like, re- dead now. But like she would, she used to run guns for the IRA. And um, so I knew that there was women like involved and women would hide and. But I didn't think there was like sections of like members in the like establishment. That's crazy. So, Ogilvy's comments were regarded by the women's UDA. Uh, so, the UDA women's 
like uh, sector, they found it as like a grievous insult to its integrity. As the unit was responsible for the assembly and distribution of the parcels, the group was already like antagonistic due to Ogilvy's affair with Young. So they already didn't like her because she'd been sleeping with Young, and her defamatory remarks only added fuel to the rat. The women considered her behaviour in public immoral, ostentatious, and extremely unconventional because she frequented clubs and pubs on her own instead of so back then you as a woman you couldn't you go out by with, yourself. You went with like So else. yeah, essentially female friends so other women had to go out with female friends, which is a custom in Sandy Row. Furthermore, they believed her loud, outspoken and maverick personality. Uh, status as an unmarried mother and the habit of what was described by local as flaunting herself was a cultural infraction and brought shame upon their community. Fucking nonsense. Calm down, everyone. Yeah. On the 23rd of July, Jeez. 1974, eight weeks after Ogilvy had given birth to a premature son, uh, mm. which is Der- his name is Derek and he's fathered by Young, five UDA women, including her lover's wife, Elizabeth Young, who's 32 at the time, Kathleen Wilty, who's 49 at the time and second in command, Josephine Brown, who's 18, Elizabeth Douglas, who's 19, led by the latter's mother, Commander Lily Douglas, abducted Ogilvy from a friend's house in Suffolk Housing Estate. They took her back to Sandy Row and put her before a kangaroo court. Oh my God, what the fuck? Yeah. They, the kangaroo court held inside the disused Warwick's Bakery in 114 Hunter Street between Felt Street and Oswald Street, which had been converted into a UDA club. Ogilby had often frequented the club with Young on previous occasions prior to his internment. According to Kylie, she had enjoyed the company of other patron, patrons and been part of the com- camaraderie of the loyalists against the Fenians. So she was like one for the cause. Right. A total of eight women and two men presided over the, in inverted commas, trial. Elizabeth Young presided over, or Elizabeth Young, however, had by then, abs- like, absented herself as she was not part of Douglas's heavy squad. Okay. So Elizabeth essentially removed herself from it. The heavy squad were the members of the Sandy Rose Women's UDA unit who meted out punishments, be- punishment beatings by Douglas's order. Ogilby was grilled for an hour and a half over her affair with the young, with young and regarding her like kill, like essentially indiscretions over the food parcels and her commentary over the food parcels. At some stage, Douglas told her, we have rules here and we all stick to them and I expect anybody new to do the same. Ogilby by now is frightened at the predicament oh in which God. she found herself and was additionally informed that if she was found guilty, then she would be subject to a rompering. So basically, they were coming after her because she was sleeping, sleeping with, with your someone. man, but also she was only relaying what he told her. Yeah. So she was just like, "This is what he's told me," and she hasn't even told these people. Like she isn't sitting in a pub with these people. No, going, she's saying it to somebody else. She's saying it. So to why are they else? going after her and not him? We know why. Yeah. Anyway, go on. So the notorious UDA romper rooms had been invented in the early 1970s by the UDA North Belfast. Um. They're named after a children's TV show, which I'd never heard of. Called what? Called The Romper Rooms. They named it after their fucking TV show. Yeah, but it's a kid's TV show. It's an American kid's TV show. What the fuck is wrong with um, It's located inside vacant buildings, warehouse, lock-up garages, and rooms above pubs. Oh, shite. I've lost my place. Hang on. Oh, no. Take You take your time. Yeah. So, um... 
It's located in warehouses, lockups, garages and rooms above pubs and drinking clubs. Once inside, a victim would be rompered, so essentially that's beaten and tortured, before being killed. They call this after a kids TV show. Yeah, although most of the victims were Catholic, many Protestants were also consigned to the romper rooms. So she knows what a romper room is and she knows that if they're saying that she's going to be rompered, that she's going to die. For essentially saying that Young didn't get food parcels. This is ludicrous. It's nonsense. Like, it's so... It, what it is is, like, women's hatred toward other women. This is basically them being like, you slept with him, we're going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah, The Romper Rooms is an American TV show that ran from 1953 to 1994. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Um, despite the UDA women having found Ogilvy guilty, the two UDA men present at the trial couldn't reach a verdict and gave the orders that she should be released. Oh, okay. And the men hold the hierarchy in it. So she... Should have been released. Yeah. The women drove her to Glengall Street bus station where she got on a bus headed to the YWCA hostel. She's living in a hostel at this point with her child. <sighs> she had moved... So she'd moved there from Malone Road. The women then rearrested her. It was alleged that the decision came about after she sarcastically remarked... Um, she sarcastically remarked in reference to Douglas, who does she think she is? The Queen? Which had freshly infuriated Douglas and the others. They then blocked the bus as it pulled out of the station Stop. onto the street. Douglas and her heavy squad squad then boarded the bus, dragged her off into a waiting car uh, for a further grilling. Minutes later, after being alerted by the bus station staff, the car is stopped by the RUC, so the Royal Ulster Constabulary. yeah. Although Douglas claimed they were on their way to a party, the querying policeman told the women about the report of one of them having been forced off the bus and in an attempt to mollify Douglas, Ogilvy then spoke up admitting that she was the person who had been removed from the bus, but it was nothing. Oh, honey. Just a couple of us fooling around. The police, however, remained unconvinced of the claims and the eight women and Ogilvy are taken to the RUC Queen Street station for questioning. All of the women were asked for their names and addresses. The majority lived in the Sandy Row area. Fearing the grisly fate that typically befell informers, Ogilvy Ogilvy did not say anything to the RUC about the UDA kangaroo court and the threats against her. Therefore, she and the eight other women were arrested without being charged the following morning at 2am. Ogilvy returned to the police station a few hours later, visibly frightened, but was sent home in a taxi taxi after refusing to give the reason as to why she was there. Oh, fuck. The same day, inside a Sandy Row pub, Douglas told the other women that Ogilvy was a troublemaker who had to die, and she speedily made arrangements to facilitate her murder. This is ridiculous. It's so... So Wednesday the 24th of July, so literally like the next day, uh... 24th July 1974 at 3.15 Anne has a meeting in social services office on Shaftesbury Square. Anne and her daughter Charlene attend. Excuse me? You're okay. Anne is worried and tells the social worker she's concerned for her safety but won't give any further details. She then leaves the office hastily with Charlene. At 3.30 outside the social services office, Ogilvy and her daughter are kidnapped by 25-year-old UDA man Albert Bumper Graham. So his nickname is Bumper. While members of Lily Douglas's heavy squad wait at the nearby Regency Hotel bar- 
they're overlooking the office. They know beforehand that Ogilvy had an appointment that afternoon at the Shaftesbury Square office and using the pretext that a UDA commander wished to speak with her, Graham was able to abduct Ogilvy and her daughter as they left the office. Ogilvy, taken in by Graham's words, willingly got into his blue minibus, having made a prearranged signal to the watching women. Graham drove drove the two females away from the UDA club to, in Hunter Street, Sandy, Sandy Row, which had been turned into a romper room. Led by Douglas arrived on the scene, Ogilvy tries to escape, but was grabbed and forcibly detained. After Graham sent... So Ogilvy is, like, pulled from Charlene. She's, like, forcibly detained. She knows something bad's going to happen. Mm. And then Graham sends Charlene to the corner shop to buy sweets. God, it meant sociopaths in this story. Yeah. Ogilvy was ordered by Douglas to be dragged inside the former bakery and forced upstairs to the first floor, where she was made to sit on a wooden bench, blindfolded, and a hood placed over her head. By this stage, Ogilvy was so intimidated and terrorised by the heavy squad that she no longer put up any resistance. Acting under earlier instructions by Douglas, who had remained downstairs... Of course she did. ...to give Ogilvy a good rompering, two members of the heavy squad... Teenagers Henrietta Piper Cohen, who's 17, and Christine Smith, who's 16. Children. Both of whom are wearing masks, proceed to attack Ogilvy. Cowan punched her forcefully in the face, knocking her to the floor. Ogilvy is then kicked in the face and head and stomach by both girls before blows from sticks were rained down upon her. When the two teenagers began battering Ogilvy's face and head with bricks, which had been lying about in the dismantled bakery. Albert Graham... Uh, Josephine Brown, who was also masked, said Ogilvy's blood stained the hood and realising things had gone too far, started to panic and remonstrated with the girls. So he pretty much is like, please stop, please stop yeah. the girls to discontinue the beating. Cowan and Smith did stop to smoke cigarettes, make plans to attend a disco in the evening. And then Simpson suggested that during, so that's essentially while they were attacking her, they were like, do you want to go out tonight? They were like talking to each other about their Oh dinner. my god, what the fuck? Ogilvy had placed her hands inside of the hood in a futile attempt to protect her face from the force of the bricks. They then go back to continue to like beat her. Meanwhile, Ogilvy's oh daughter Ogilvy's daughter Charlene had returned from the shops and entered the club and climbed to the stairs to the first floor and began banging on the door and crying for her mother. Although by this stage Ogilvy had sustained severe head injuries from the brutal assault, Charlene could hear her screaming and pleading with the assailants for mercy while they danced to blaring disco music. Stop. This is so fucked up. So they danced to music while they were like... This is fucked up. This is so fucked up. And that little girl was standing outside. What the hell? Yep. While they danced to bearing disco music, ignored the injured woman's pleas for her life and Charlene's cries. Henrietta Crown, once again wielding a brick, resumed beating Ogilvy on the head with renewed vigour until she lay dead on the floor. The beating session had lasted over an hour. Ogilvy received later, according to the autopsy, a total of 24 blows to the head and body with a blunt object and 14 of which had caused severe fractures to the bulk of the skull. Albert Graham takes Charlene out of the building and drove her back to the hostel. He leaves her on the doorstep and he reassures the little girl that her mother is inside waiting for her. 
What a fucking piece of shit. I hope you rot. Charlene was left looked after by the hostel staff until she was placed into the care with social services. This is beyond like... It's awful. Awful like... And it's all done under the breach of like we're essentially these upstanding like UDA members. It is complete and utter hubris. They think that they are yeah. doing something important. You're just murdering people. Yeah. And this isn't even like you in like, front of their children. These are like mur like this is what sixteen year old girl? What sixteen year old girl in this world beats someone's face in with a brick and mm. dances to disco music and that's fine? Yeah. I just can't even. Oh. Back at the UDA club, Cowan removed the bloodstained hood and saw by Anne's appalling head wounds and badly bruised, disfigured face that Anne Oglesby was obviously dead. The body was wrapped up in a brown sack and carried downstairs. The killers went to have a drink with Lily Douglas, to whom they recounted the details of the fatal beating as she had remained on the ground floor the entire time. Afterwards, Cowan and Smith get dressed up and go to the disco as they planned. Douglas arranged for the body's disposal and an unnamed UDA man later loaded it into a van and dumped it in a ditch in Stockman's Lane near the M1 motorway. It's discovered five days later on the 29th of July by a motorway maintenance man and there are pictures of the body being discovered. The RUC were immediately called to the scene which is then photographed and mapped and Ogilvy clad in a red jumper, grey trousers and wearing just one shoe was lying on her back partially submerged in 18 inches of stagnant water with her blackened and battered face visible and her arms outstretched. Her missing shoe and a large brown sack are discovered not far away from her body at the top of the ditch. There's no identifying documents found on her and the press, along with local television and radio news bulletins, start to release details regarding her physical appearance and distinctive rings on her fingers. Television and news brought... Oh, that's me repeating myself, sorry. Okay. Uh, so they start to essentially like, does anybody... Does this ring a bell? Would anybody, does anybody know this woman? And the social worker who I mentioned above comes forward to the PSNI or the RUC and she positively identifies Anne Ogilvy. <sighs> Uh, due to the location of the body, the murder investigation was allocated to the RUCB division in West Belfast. This is based on Springfield Road Station where the CIT, CID detective Alan Simpson served. He formed part of the CIT team set up investigated, set up to investigate Ogilvy's killing. After Charlene was located in a children's home, she was interviewed by a female detective and she clearly remembered the events of the 24th of July. Yeah. She's with her mum the whole of course time. she did, yeah. It's arranged for Charlene to accompany the three CID detectives in a car to Sandy Row, and she's able to direct them to the disused bakery in Hunter Street. Uh, a scenes crime officer was sent to the scene to examine the building's interior and collect the evidence. The forensics later showed the bloodstains police detectives found on the floor and the items rece- retrieved from inside the UDA club match Ogilvy's blood group. Documents were also found on the premises bearing William Young's name, uh, and by the time the suspect had already been rounded up and taken into inter- by the time they'd already found that they'd been taken up for into in- to interrogation. Yeah, these were the eight women who had been inside the car with Ogilvy on the evening of the twenty third of July, following the fracas outside the Glengall Street bus station. So, like, obviously, Charlene names them, yeah. and then there's a record of the fact that they'd already, they'd already been, been arrested. arrested. Yeah. Um. So then that all puts it pretty much all together. Ogilvy is aged 31 or 32 at the time of her death. Oh my god. She's buried in Umgald Cemetery in County Antrim. Her children, Charlene and Derek, were put into care. 
the Ogilvy family never received £149 from, from the state for compensation to cover her funeral expenses. It's later revealed that Ogilvy had planned to relocate to Edinburgh, Scotland as soon as her infant son Derek was released from the hospital on account of his premature birth. Oh my God. Ogilvy's murder caused widespread revulsion and shock through Northern Ireland. Even though it had taken place during the one of the most turbulent periods of the Troubles, when bombings and sectarian killings had become com- commonplace, Protestants were especially appalled that Ogilvy herself was a Protestant yeah. and had become a victim of loyalist, um, loyalist violence and angrily denounced the UDA. A journalist called Kieran Barnes described it as being one of the most brutal murders of the Troubles, adding that its sheer savagery and the fact it was carried out by women against another woman within earshot of her child left a lasting impression upon the public psyche. The UDA leadership has not sanctioned the killing, had not sanctioned the killing, and there was a general condemnation for the UDA prisoners inside the Mays prison. According to Ian S. Wood, the UDA's commander and Andy Tear had not sufficient control over menus. So essentially, there's like, throughout the UDA hierarchy, there's like, essentially, this is your fault because you didn't have sufficient control over your units. Because um, this was a personal attack. Yeah. That's all this was. This and, was and, and that's why it was so vicious. Yeah. Because it was personal. Like, Okay? Yeah. A spokeswoman for the UDA released a statement condemning the killing and the women's unit that carried out... That carried it out was first... So they essentially, this is first published in the Irish Times on the 8th of February 2019. So the statement is, we've completely disowned them. So in brackets, the Sandy Row Women's UDA. We think the whole affair was foul and sickening. Ogilvy was cleared by the UDA of any allegation about her private life long before she was killed. This killing was an act of jealousy by a group of women. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Following the Ogilvy attack, the Sandy Row Women's UDA unit was permanently disbanded and the UDA, by the UDA leadership. None of the other UDA women's units had consented or been aware of the fatal punishment beating until it was reported in the news. Additionally, the Sandy Rose Women unit, notwithstanding the UDA romper rooms, were more commonly used by male members of the organisation than their female counterparts. Journalists Henry MacDonald and Jim Cusack described Ogilvy's death as a typical as typical of the brutish culture that dominated the UDA and other parliamentary groups in Northern Ireland. In reference to this attack and other cases of rompering, the authors argued that the rape and the beating and humiliation of wor- women in a working class Belfast was routine as gunfire, but was subsumed in the maelstrom of violence engulfing the North. So essentially, the... It was uh, happening constantly. It was happening constantly, and it was just brushed away. But also, like, the violence that she experienced even though you're saying it was because it was personal it wasn't those romper rooms you were like essentially tortured and then murdered you weren't executed in like standard execution a bullet in the back of the head that's what i mean by when i say personal i mean that woman uh because she was sleeping with that guy's husband and that other woman was like oh she said something about yeah they made it personal yeah they made it personal but like the culture of the romper rooms is that's how it went down like you're getting your and also like the culture of uh, things that were happening there was that rape and beating and humiliation was like commonplace and it was common for women to be taken like uh uh catholic women to be taken and raped in these realms um Christ, what is wrong so it and it was like fuck me man. then because like there the, those two uh journalists um in the book the whole point of the book was to essentially be like 
all of this got swept under the rug and this one murder was taken out of context. People were like, oh my God, this doesn't happen. And he was like, but it does happen. happen. But it's happening in the name of like essentially a civil war. And he was like, and what's different about this is that they pretended that it was that and it wasn't. Had nothing to do with that. Jesus Christ. Uh, So, excuse me. Within weeks of the killing, the RUC had arrested 10 women and one man in connection with the murder. The group contained Douglas's entire heavy squad. Most of the women were unemployed and the last three had male relatives imprisoned for parliamentary parliamentary offences. Paramilitary offences. On the 6th of February 1975, at the Belfast City Commission, teenagers Henrietta Cowan and Christine Smith pleaded guilty to murder. They were now aged 18 and 17, retrospectively. Characterised as having been without feeling or remorse, they were convicted or car- of carrying out the murder and sentenced to be detained at Armour Women's Prisons for life at the pleasure of the Secretary of State, the Secretary of State of Northern Ireland. Smith was not the only member of her family to be involved in Lionel's parliamentary parliament, paramilitary <laughs> activity and her older brother uh, was prominent South Belfast UDA um, member Francis Hatchett Smith, who was also in prison. Described to the court as the leader of the Sandy Rose Women's UDA unit, Lily Douglas, who had ordered the fatal punish, punishment beating, pleaded guilty to manslaughter. The charge of murder was withdrawn on the grounds that she had not actually attended for her heavy squad to kill Ogilvy, and she was subsequently sentenced to 10 years imprisonment in Armagh Prison. She received two further sentences, which were uh, which would run concurrently with her 10 years, of three years each for intimidating and detaining Ogilvy against her will. The exact motive for the murder was not established in court, during the police's interrogation, Douglas maintained that Ogilvy's killing was the result of a personal vendetta, stating it was not a UDA operation, but I'd say the UDA were like, you get in there and you fucking denounce us. Yeah, don't even mention um, names. And that they had nothing to do with it, and it was just a move between a lot of women and a personal thing. So they, the UDA were like, don't even say our names. I would absolutely, the UDA were like, you yeah. fucking keep your mouth shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do with us or, yeah. your, or you You're and your family it. will yeah. get it. Uh, in the book, uh, the Protestants of Ulster, Ulster which was uh, published in 1976, Geoffrey Ball stated that the women murdered her as punishment for her affair with William Young, Henry MacDonald and Jim Cusack suggested that the jealousy and bloodlust blood lust was the motive for the murders. There's nothing new there. The others received lesser sentences. Albert Graham and Josephine Brown, after pleading guilty, were sentenced to three years imprisonment on charges of being accessories after the fact and causing grievous bodily harm to Anne Ogilvy. The Crown withdrew their murder charges against the pair after recognising their attempt to prevent... So they're the two people that were like, stop it now. They tried We've to gone stop far it. Yeah, enough. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the unit's second-in-command, Kathleen Wilk, I can't pronounce her name, Wickla, was given two years for intimidation. Maud Tate, who's 21, Anne Gracery, 28, Elizabeth Douglas Jr., 19, and Anne-Marie Lundrum, 23, are all sentenced to 18 months in prison for intimidation. And an unnamed 16-year-old was given an 18-month suspended sentence for intimidation. So there's talk that they were intimidating Charlene. Oh. She's a baby. Like she's not, like Sarah, she's a she's a baby. baby. The convictions, because... Um, Anne's family are not in Belfast. They don't live in Belfast. They don't live in Belfast. And they're okay. not, um, they, they don't take Charlene, like, so she stays in social services care. Oh. Uh, the convictions resulted in the largest single 
uh, ingress of loyalist women in Northern Ireland prison. Denouncing the UDA, the trial judge, Mr. Justice McGonagall, stated, What appears before me today using the name of the UDA is gun law, a vicious, brutalising organisation of persons who take the law into their own hands. By kangaroo courts and infliction of physical brutality, terrorising neighbourhood through intimidation. During the trial, it emerged that plans to kill Ogilvy had been formulated by the UDA unit several months before her kangaroo court trial. Lily Douglas was lambasted by Justice McGonagall. You ordered and directed the punishment of this girl. You chose and chose well those who were to carry out your directions. When you heard what had happened, you organised a cover-up and disposal of the body. Your concern was was that these things was that these these happenings should not come to light you were the commander of these women your responsibility was great you were to you are no stronger you are no stranger to crime you have a record of smuggling forgery assault and actual body harm and aiding and abetting the and keeping of a brothel to Fuck. though the last of these was in 1961 it's an in, indication of your character so he was like, you scum! He was like, he called her the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Charlene Ogilvy later married and has three children of her own. Yes, Charlene. After her mother's murder, she's taken to... So she lives in social services for a while and then she's taken to live in Sion, Sion Mills. S-I-O-N? Sion Mills by an uncle and aunt... For a while, she kept in touch with her brother, Gary, but she's since lost contact. Oh, no. She has no knowledge of what happened to her other brothers, Stephen, Derek, Stephen and Derek. Oh, fuck. Lily Douglas died shortly after being released from Armour Prison on Compassionate Grounds in 1979. Kathleen Whitlet is also deceased. Henrietta Cowan and Christine Smith were both released from Armour Prison in December in 1983 after serving nine years. They returned and still live in the Sandy Row area. Loyalist sources claim Smith deeply regretted the part that she played in Ogilvy's murder. Graham, following his release from prison, also returned to South Belfast. To the present day, he has steadfastly refused to discuss the murder. The rest of the women involved in Ogilvy's murder are to date living in the Sandy Row area of the village and William Young died in 2007. Jesus Christ. But you know what I will say? Out of all of that... At least some justice was done for that poor girl because that could have been a very different situation where they were like, we're just going to ignore this and it's another death in the troubles. But obviously it caused such an outcry the way that she was killed. At least there was a... Oh, it's horrible. That that poor yeah. child. That poor child. She listened her mum die. Like how... That, that's... That's beyond trauma. Like that's not even... That's... Filth. Yeah. Absolute filth. And then to know that there was like... Like she's a kid... I think she's seven or eight. Like she's they, eight. They, she was downstairs at that cunt. But she's not. She's upstairs oh, she at went the upstairs, door. She? She's upstairs at the door and she can hear that there's adults in there and she can hear that there's people like dancing and she can hear her mum. She can... So her mum and her are like conversing. And like... But... Uh, oh, the fact that those two girls that did it did the heavy work. They're, they're kids. Teenagers. Like... That just goes to show you how removed they were from, uh, like, what they were doing to be like, oh, well, we're going to go to the disco later. I don't even know if it goes to show you how removed they were, because I think they were very much in it. But I think what it goes to show you is, like, they're brought up, they're 16 and 17. They're a member of, like, the UDA. Hmm. And they're, they're, 
their law and order is that insta yeah so they're brought up on it so and they're brought up in that and they're brought up to think like well this is what happens and you don't step outside the rules and you are a whore and therefore you deserve this but they're also like teenagers so they don't have the ability to understand well, fully hold on a second. if you were 16 years of age you would know the difference between well, if you're 16 dancing. and you are brought but that's up that's what i mean like, like i don't i don't think it's anything to do with their teenage i think that it, to dance on someone's head when you're 16 years of age regardless they had to know that that was wrong somewhere deep down but maybe they were afraid yeah maybe I mean, they were like if we don't do this but then they were told to stop and they didn't yeah no I do think they're complacent whoa in this like, is like fuck me holy shit on and there's so many oh. stories like obviously this one is one that's like to the forefront and really yeah, because it caused such an outcry because like. it caused such an outcry and, and I think the thing I don't think it's the fact that she died I think it's the fact that her child was there. Yeah. I think that's the bit that people were like, because people fuck? in the North were like, this shit happens all the time. Yeah. People get taken in the dead of night, but they get taken away from their family. And their and family the don't know thing, about it. The awful thing that happens to them, happens to them and their kids aren't traumatized. Their kids are traumatized that they're gone. But it's not happening. It, it is like that. Ad. Gets in the grill and seals the spoon. Yeah, um, that's horrific. But it's like, so you're living in like, because even me and Graham were saying during the day we were driving home and there's these really famous, uh, like, flats in Belfast. Yeah. You know the ones? The IRA, they're like a Catholic area. The IRA used to stand on top of them and shoot. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Rihanna made a music video in them. Oh, the cats in the grill. No, she made, we fell in love with a hopeless place. Did she? Yes, yeah, her music video was made in those oh, flats. Right. Yeah. Um, That's a bizarre choice. It is a bizarre choice. That whole, anyway, we're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. So, uh, and me and Graham were both saying, because like obviously we have a five year old. Yeah. And I was like, can you imagine how terrified you must have been living here? Yeah. Can you imagine the like, the just knowing that at any point something could kick constant off? Constant threat. This constant threat. Yeah. And you're trying, and to, you're it, trying to get you're, up and go to work. It's regardless if like you're a Protestant or you're a yeah. Catholic. Oh, Jesus. All of these sections of. Uh, society up there lived in this constant fear yeah. of like and like you're trying to get up make breakfast get your kids to school go to work you're trying to do all but of that stuff in the back stuff. of your head constantly there's like something yeah. could happen something could happen something could happen like, something could happen like it's beyond so anything I can comprehend of because I don't get up in the morning and go jeez I wonder if there's going to be a fucking shooting yeah, yeah if there's going to be a shooting or something's going to happen gonna or happen, if, if like, there's going to be a bomb is there going like, to be a bomb or like is there going to be like obviously and like even I was talking about the guys in work because all the people I work with obviously live in Belfast yeah, are all from Northern Ireland and they were saying like one of them lives off the Falls Road and he was like for me to go to work he was like my job to get to work was through a Protestant area and he was like I used to go an hour and 15 minutes around the other way to then get a taxi so I could then go down the road it was because if I walked down the road it would be literally like who are you you're not from here and what's your surname like the amount of PTSD the people well he was saying and I spoke about it before he was saying about like grown men who have come to like an age where they're suffering with like dementia or like coming into like you know becoming elderly he was like the PTSD there and now suffering he was like because when you start to have like cognitive disability he was like all you can't stop yourself no, feeling that way you can't out. hide that anymore and he was like so essentially turn he, off your fucking do you know what phone. my phone is turned off but because we're <laughs> recording on my laptop oh fucking get Nikita <laughs> stop <laughs> fucking messaging me hi Nikita yes yeah, stupid bitch um so 
Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think it, as we said before, like, I don't think people really, a lot of people don't realise this is genuinely a civil war. Like, yeah. It's also like a couple of lads with guns. This is a heavily militarised operation. Yeah. Based on nonsense. Absolute nonsense. I like God this way. And I like God that way. I'm going to shoot you in the fucking head. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with religion. It's just a bunch of people wanting to massacre each other. It has nothing it's to human. do with religion. It's humans. It it's has human just nature. everything to do with the fact that the English own that part of the country. Brits out! No, I'm joking. What the rat? Colin. Do not edit this out. <laughs> They're my true feelings. <laughs> I fucking love Manchester United football team, but... Hate um, oh, man. God, but yeah, so like, family. it's... It's that thing. It's like it's, it has nothing to do with religion. Religion's no. just a bit that like they came in and said, "Hey, we're Protestants." Let's add this so in. therefore, Let's you guys are all in. Protestants. But actually, what they were saying is, "Hey, we're Protestants, and we want this land." Yeah. And we care not about the Protestant bit. We just want. But we want this land, and we're going to build all these churches. We want these six. And you all have to convert. Convert immediately, um, and that's all it was about. It has nothing to do with anything else. And then what it did was just, and like you, like you feel it when you're there. There's this like undercurrent of like, and maybe it's because I'm not from there. It's probably what it is. But Jim has said he was like, no, it is there. He was like, because there's we're all working together. It's always and he gonna was be like, that. He was like, we don't know where each other comes from, and he was like, and we're also not allowed to talk, talk about, about it. it. He was like, so he was like, it is there. There's this thing in the room where it's like, when something comes up like I always get concerned when I say when I'm in up there or when I'm in work yeah. and I say Ireland oh because it's like the Republic you should be saying the Republic but then I get like am I irritating because I know that there are people in that room that are deeply Catholic and consider the north of Ireland Ireland, Ireland. and so when I say the Republic Ireland I'm then differentiating so from what it. do you mean to the south yeah so I'm like oh just down Dublin the south yeah just say the south I, I said I told you I said English money the other day yeah, and, then they, and were they were like, like what Where's your English money? And they were like, where is your English money? What do you mean? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, Sterling? I was like, Sterling. And they were like, ah, yeah, but we've Northern Irish, Sterling. I was like, again, you can't fucking use it anywhere else because I don't want it. <laughs> um, but there is that thing of like, well, like, we're not English and we're not Irish. In the 70s, if we made this podcast, we'd be getting shot right now. Good fucking, I hope we'll they be... come. <laughs> they come for me. Not to my house. <laughs> no. They're coming. It's all very um, scary. It's very scary. It is very scary. And I mean, it's I've, not, it hasn't I've, gone away. No. Like, I got told in uh, the Titanic quarter in Belfast today, because I said to a taxi man, uh, it's, I feel very safe. I was like, it's really safe here. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, but that has nothing to do with the police. And I was like, it does have to. He was like, the area is protected. That's fucking terrifying. And he was like, because he was like, what happens is, it was like, we want tourism and we need money. He was like, so the areas where he was like tourists and people staying, they protect it. He was like the IRA and or the the IRA the what the, what's the other one the IRA the you did the UDA is now disbanded. disbanded. So well, the, is it one. UVF? UVF maybe we're really bad at this. Yeah, the other lads. Anyway, go on. And then there's other dissident Republicans. Yeah. He was like, they don't agree to work together. He was like, but that's their area. And so if anyone comes in and is doing anything that's out of like if they're selling drugs. Or trying to do anything that's criminal. They get them out. They're like, you're not allowed in here. That's fucking And crazy. so they get them out. And so he's like, and then he was like, the people who are doing that pay into whatever organization. And he was like, and then they're protected by them. Whoa. Okay. I just thought it was a nice little area with a couple of cafes. No, he was like, it is that too. But like, and the PS and I 
Do you sit right... So in the, in the heat, when it's warm, mm-hmm. the PS and I have like a mobile unit that sits right on that dock. Yeah. So essentially there's no like antisocial behaviour or whatever. Yeah. Um. But he was like, no, that has nothing to do with it. He oh. was like, the PS and I control very little. Well, that's terrifying. Um, Everything is terrifying. Was like, and the only reason it is the way it is is like because there's a ceasefire. Yeah. He was like, so it's, he was like, that's, he was like, it's still there. And he was like, those groups still exist. And they do, because when me and Graham then drove up to another part, um, we were saying we were going to Helen's Bay. And one of the lads, I said to one of the lads, I'll go to Helen's Bay. And he used to be in the military and he was like, don't stop here. Because my car is my refresh. Don't stop in a particular place. In a particular spot. And he was like, there's a garage there. He was like, don't, if you need diesel, don't get it there. And right across from that garage was a, an orange hall. And on the orange hall was the three flags. I said, look at how many more English flags could you get? But there were like the Ulster flag and yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the English yeah. flag and then some other flag. Um, and he was like, it doesn't matter. He was like, if he was like, it just don't stop there. He was like, and probably nothing would happen if he did stop there. But, but just to be on the safe side. But there's a chance that something could. He was like, so just don't stop there. Fuck me. So it is always there. I know it's sad. It's very um, sad. It is such sad. a lovely city. And it's such a lovely city. And, and people are like, so sad. But all the, like, there's just a feeling that all the people are like, I just feel like when you're there now, they're like, sure, let's just get on with it. Yeah. Like, I always find it like a really happy, jovial place. And it's not because like, it is a really happy, jovial place. It's because like, well, any shit could kick off at any minute. So I may as well have the just best time ever. Get on with it. Like, yeah, let's have the crack lads. Oh, Belfast. We love you. And it's usually uh, idiots that come in and then start melting yeah. off because they don't like iced tea. Um, iced tea learned his lesson. Because um, they, they don't, don't realise. They, like, they were like, shut the fuck up, iced tea. And he was like, yeah. okay, I didn't realise um, that this I, was, you don't fuck around with us. Yeah. So. Well, Belfast, you're fabulous. It's a great story. Not a great story, but very well told. Did I do a good job? Boo the book. It's honestly one of the more, oh, I never said my references. So my references were Wikipedia, the Belfast Telegraph. Okay. And the Irish Times. And also uh, the journalist pieces I found on the New York Times. New York Times. And there was a whole piece around women in paramilitary groups on this weird website called, website called The Something Elbow. The Broken Elbow. The Broken Elbow.com. Yeah. Forward slash gov.co.uk. And then I was like, when I was, because I did all this up in Belfast, all this work, and I was like, the pants and I are coming for me. They're coming to the door. Yeah. What are you looking at? Why? Hey. What are you here for? Do you know what's amazing? You remember, you know when I was watching The Fall? Yeah. It's like every single adult member of the Dairy Girl cast is in this every fucking single, TV show. The first time all of uh, them. her dad, yeah. what's her dad's name? The granddad's name. Yeah. Oh, first time so Graham said to me, uh, we don't like your type around here. <laughs> what do you mean my type? Pricks. <laughs> but yeah, the mom's in it. The mom's in it. The sister's, sister's in, in it. it. The dad's yeah. in it. Uh, the only one who's not in it is Tommy Tiernan. Yeah. Because um, that's what I just kept watching. I was like, oh, it's all the Dairy Girls cast. Graham kept watching. The, the, the nun is in it. Yeah, the nun is With the we, worst wig. With the... What is that? I thought that this was going to be a part of the show, that they're going to mention the wig at some yeah. point. Oh, it's a bad wig. It's dreadful. Badass. It's dreadful. Bad, bad, bad wig. They must have been filming Dairy Girls because that girl is not from, from Northern Ireland. No, she's, she's from, from Northern Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they must have been filming during the time of that being filmed Mad. um, because that's how it works and when you film in a country so it's the same reason like in the Matrix there's tons of like Australian extras in it um, and obviously because you're in Australia they're going to get extras there but there's also a ton of Australian actors there because if you film in an area the actors guild or union of that area states that you have to have a percentage of actors oh, from that area so they're like get all the Aussies in yeah because even and there's tons of Irish like dub 
people in that show as well. Yeah, there is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, was that um, one guy that's in fucking everything that was in Bachelor's Walk and the good wife? Oh, the what the fuck is his name? In Tesco's ad. He's in everything. Everything. Um, what's her name's in it? Uh, Ashley B. Is she? Yeah, she's his nurse in the third season. Does she want to ride him? Probably. Yeah, nobody wants to ride him. I don't find I him don't attractive get it. at all. I said to Graham we were watching that and he came out like there's a scene where he comes out and he's jogging and I was like Graham he looks like every other Irish yeah. potato fella I've he ever seen like in my life he looks like he's in the gas he's like he's going to, try to yeah. do the hurl on now it's very thin in it finished in the fields I'm going to go out and do some hurl I said to Graham he used to be a model that's how, he, he? That's how he became famous oh, he was a model that. and he went out with that one who can't act who was in everything and atonement she's very thin Karen Ackley he, her and him used to go out did not and know she, that. he's a model, and then he went into acting. But even Graham, Graham was like, that chap has like no credibility because he made those shit movies. What shit movies? Those Fifty Shades oh, Grey. Yeah, I forgot he's in that too. Like I don't think he. And even when you used to watch him on Graham Norton doing the interviews for that show, you could tell he was mortified. But he hated the two of them. Hated each other as well. But mortified. Yeah, the girl that was in it, Dakota Johnson, yeah. and him, they hated each other. So it was really awkward. Like, absolutely were... mortified. No amount of money on earth would make me. Sell my soul to the point where I'd make that movie. I haven't seen them. I don't care to see them. I don't care about them. I watched, remember when I gave you full narrative? You did, you gave me so a rundown. So I watched it and then as I watched it, I sent Emma text messages she narrating is. how bad it was. Terrible. I watched one, I never watched anymore. Is, how many more is there? Uh, two. I think just three books, so they made three, three movies. movies. And I say they made a fucking fortune. Well, everybody went. Flicking the beans off themselves. Everybody went. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it just to see your face. <laughs> No, that's the end of this week's episode. On the bean flicking, I just farted. Oh, it smells really bad. The flickety um, bean. Flickety bean. Thank you for. Oh, listening. here we have to mention ninjas. Female ninjas. Why? Colin said. Oh, uh, here, listen. Do you know uh, the UDA had a, a rogue group of female, female ninjas. ninjas? I heard. Okay, thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Come